Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got some awesome compliance stories, and our first story of the day is from Village Idiot 1984. Poorly drafted exit docs equals free pension. This happened to a family member, and it's my favorite legal freak-up story. My family member was a partner in a law firm. The way a lot of law firms work is partners who retire get a pension. It's based on their last few years' average salary or something similar. This only applies if you truly retire and not go work somewhere else, and my family member was not near retiring. The two other partners who were in his area of practice at this firm decided to push him out. Instead of trying to come to an agreement for him to leave, they ambushed him in a meeting where they'd already drafted exit documents for him to sign. They included some token severance but basically said pack your crap, or we're going to make this a huge hostile thing and drag your name through the mud, etc. There's a non-compete clause in a lot of partnership agreements, so you can't leave and take clients and go work somewhere else right away if you're a partner. In their haste to prepare these documents, they negated a bunch of these clauses, so he would be able to work at another firm without waiting the non-compete period. But they missed that some of those clauses were also what governed the part of the pension clause that doesn't let you get the pension if you work for another firm after you leave. Basically, they wrote docs that gave him a pension way early and for the rest of his life, and based on some really good years he'd had for the firm. He noticed this when he'd read them because he's a good lawyer, and knew they screwed up, and also knew he would be able to get a job pretty easily, so instead of negotiating or fighting it, he just signed them as is and left. They were very surprised, expecting a huge fight or a long negotiation. He ended up getting another job pretty quickly at a different law firm. He waited a couple of months and then called one of the other partners and said something like, so when are you going to start making the payments? At his age when this happened, they would have had to have paid him a large amount of money every year for maybe 40 to 50 years. They basically pooped their pants. Once they went back through and realized what they forced him to sign, they started making offers to buy him out of his pension. He eventually settled for a multi-million dollar payout, all because he signed the documents they put in front of him. This goes to show why it's important to read your documents and to lawyer up whenever possible. If you were in a situation like this and you got like one really nice payout per year, and that nice payout would happen every year over the next 40 to 50 years, would you continue to do that or would you take the multi-million dollar payout right now? Let me know which option you would want to take in the comments down below. Our next story is from Forge Knight. This job is only for employees that are happy to see customers? Okay, guess it's not the job for me. This happened a couple of years ago, and I started back in 2016. Back then, I was an early 20-something looking to start my career. I was getting started in freelance work and not making enough to make ends meet. I started looking for part-time jobs and actually found a full-time job that was perfect for me. 
To give some background, this was a low paying job, $10 an hour in a big city, but what made it great is that it was a desk job at a university. This meant that I sat at a front desk of a dorm and essentially just helped students who needed to submit maintenance requests and give them temporary keys if they were locked out. So more than 90% of the time I was just sitting there and I was able to do my freelance work. It was a great job for me at the time and at that stage in my career. All was good for two years, but then a new director took over. This director decided that us desk people were front-facing customer service employees. Weren't all of our customers college students living in the building? But I digress. The great genius director told us that we are no longer allowed to do anything not directly related to our jobs. He told us that if we're not helping a customer or responding to communications, we had to just sit there smiling at people walking through the building. To make matters even worse, he said that he and his lackeys would drop in to check on us from time to time and tried to scare us by hinting to us that he'd use the surveillance cameras to monitor us. None of us appreciated being treated like this, and this was way too much to ask for from people making $10 an hour in 2018. At this point, I was already on the fence about the whole thing, but I decided to try and talk to him. I explained that the lobby was empty most of the time during the day and that I was always ready to greet people or help students out. He said, it doesn't matter, this is a job for people who are good at customer service, and you are expected to be available the entire time you're on the clock. This is where the malicious compliance comes in. I told him I wasn't cut out for this work, and I'm sure as heck not good at customer service if it requires me staring into the void for 6 hours a day. I quit the job on the spot. By this point, I was starting to make real money with my freelance work and didn't need the job anymore. From what I heard, three more of the five total desk people quit shortly after. The one remaining was a kind older woman, Elise, who I'm pretty sure was just doing the job for fun. Director and co were unable to fully staff the desks anymore. Elise went back to reading her novels on the job and Big Shot Director seemed to be unwilling to fire the last full-time employee. From what Elise told me, all the fancy salaried bigwig people, including Director, had to take turns staffing the front desks. After about a semester of this, Director's boss intervened, raised the pay for the desk job, and set the rules back to how they were before. Director mysteriously transferred jobs in the middle of the year to a lower level position. Honestly, I think it should be just about illegal to try to expect your employees who are working at a station to sit there and do literally nothing for hours on end. People legitimately like go insane over less. Imagine trying to make it by working for $10 an hour, sticking to these rules and basically losing your sanity over it. You start talking to the plastic plant sitting on the desk after a while. Our next story is from Intrepid She. You're using your time incorrectly. This happened about 10 years ago and I still get annoyed. And I laugh thinking about it. I worked at a public university as a professor and researcher. I didn't yet have tenure, which means you work like an indentured servant at the beck and call of all the tenured faculty. We had year-round instruction, so I put in 60 to 70 hours per week for years to reach tenure. I eventually did achieve tenure. One of the great parts of my job was teaching a course for undergraduates that involved performing community service work. The students always got to select and design their project. This was an overload class for me, which gave me a little additional pay. 
the wages for being a professor are lower than if you work in this profession, so the little extra income really mattered. But I love training new researchers and making discoveries through my own research. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. One of the services I provided was consultations with colleagues about their research and publications. I kept my calendar open to be readable so others could book appointments with me so they could see where I was, what I was doing. We got a new department chair. It was only a matter of weeks before the administrative assistant, a sort of Grima worm tongue personality, to the chair decided to try and get me in trouble. I'll call this assistant Grima because that name is hilariously apropos. Grima showed my calendar to the new chair, who then met with me to insist my percent of time spent on the undergraduate course not exceed the allowed amount. But the fool of a department chair didn't realize I was putting in less than the allowed amount because it's a percentage. I was working so many hours I could have doubled the amount on this course. So you bet I complied. First, I turned off everyone's view of my calendar, which was hilarious on its own. I'll say more on that in a moment. Second, I showed the chair the actual hours were less than allowed, and the chair ended up crying and apologized. I think the chair felt stupid and humiliated for trying to discipline me, but this wasn't the first time I'd been treated this way and I was pretty angry. So I increased my hours on the undergraduate course and spent more time in volunteer work. This ended up getting some local media attention and even wound up making the chair look good. So Grima wasn't able to mess with me anymore. About my calendar, Grima did try one last time to get the better of me by going to the chair about my calendar no longer being readable. Grima had to schedule meetings and appointments with me and now it was really hard to do. When the chair came to me about opening my calendar up, 
I said I would if it's a policy, and if everyone else has to do the same thing. Of course, it wasn't a policy, and the chair wasn't about to make everyone do that, so for the remainder of my time, Grandma had to work extra hard. I often kept my calendar full with work for the undergraduate course now that I was putting in all my allowed hours. I just don't get why people like this feel the need to be so micromanaging. And then when you do something to counter their micromanaging, they only get more upset. Honestly, with people like this, I think you just can't win. Our next story is from Pelly Uncertain, Escape and Evasion Course. It's the mid-1980s and we find ourselves in a military training area in central west Germany with a bunch of grunts, one of whom is me. This evening we were tasked with an escape and evasion course. That means giving each soldier a location of where they were to travel and then dropping them off individually at a random distance away. It's capture the flag at night in uniform with a helmet and gun but no bullets. If you failed to make it to the target by a stated time the next morning, you would be doing extra training. If you were caught, you would be doing extra training. If you made it to the location, in this case a medic M113, then no extra training. So no carrot, only stick. With that in mind, I was dropped off at a random location facing a bunch of NCOs and a supposedly unknown final destination location and six or so hours to get there. When you looked at the map of the training area, there was only a few places that made sense to house the flag. So I wandered over to one of them, and there sat the track. Malicious compliance starts now. I knew that they'd be ready for people jackrabbiting for the track, so I buried myself in leaves and catnapped about 30 minutes before time was up. I walked over to the track and climbed into the door. The medic slash ref said, Are you so and so? And I was that person, so I replied in the affirmative. The battalion's been searching for you all night. I have to call them so we can go home and sleep. I was ordered not to get caught and to get the flag before a certain time. But 600 or so of my military compatriots had to stay up all night looking for me. So my story was that I was waiting for a clear shot at the flag before I came in. I figured that my malicious compliance would result in a few folks driving around in trucks with their lights on, announcing that the training was over. But nope. I was incorrect in that assumption. I was one of a small handful to not get caught, so I wasn't punished, but I'm told future E&E events included a few more starlight scopes and IR of some sort. All I know is, is if you're going to give a deadline for something, you want to make sure that if they take up every second of that deadline, you're happy with when you're getting delivered the product. If you say you've got till 6am to get that flag, then by god if they roll in at 5.59, you better be darn satisfied. And our next story is from Frankie Panny. Horrible district manager suggests I seek employment elsewhere after I call her out on her BS. I managed a small franchised owned beauty salon. It was my first management role I've ever taken on. I built the salon up after a low period. I was well respected by my staff because I was an empathetic listener and understood the needs of my staff. District manager was anything but that. She was originally hired on as a manager of a new location in our district that was set to open a month after her original hire date. She somehow convinced our franchise owners that she would be a perfect fit for the role of district manager and was promoted quickly. At first, I didn't see my district manager all that much. Remember that new location that was opening up? 
Well, she would tell me that she was over at that location getting things in order to be ready by the opening date. I took her word for it and managed to run my location just fine without her guidance, even though I was new to management myself. After that location was good to go, she would promise me that she would spend a day with me at my location, and when that day would come around, I would get the, oh, something came up at another location text from her. I was starting to get a little suspicious. In the meantime, a new manager was hired on at another location in our district. This woman became my mentor as she had years of experience in the industry. District manager, as part of her job duties, was supposed to train this new manager on her role. District manager gave this woman the runaround too. Oh, I'll be here today. And then later a text message of something coming up at another location. Little did district manager know that us location managers were talking to one another and quickly realized that this woman is sitting at home while collecting a paycheck. Our franchise owners, too, quickly began to realize what this horrible district manager was doing. However, they were reluctant to fire her because they had no solid evidence of what she was doing. District manager caught on that her job was on the line and really started to throw her weight around. She fired multiple employees at all locations who had no previous write-ups. These particular employees were ones who saw her BS and weren't afraid to stand up for themselves. She started enforcing purposeless tasks onto us managers. Soon enough, turnover was high at each location. Even some long-term employees left after she started to show up more. Now for the malicious compliance. Eventually, I had enough of putting up with her crap, and on a particularly rough day, I called her out on her BS. I went ahead and called the franchisers and told them everything of what she was doing. A few days later, district manager pulls me aside and tells me that she suggests I find another job elsewhere and that she could pull some strings. Well, I did exactly just that and I found a new job, without her help of course. I gave my franchisers my notice and on my very last day, horrible district manager was demoted to my former position and was given a huge pay cut. Is anybody else kind of unsatisfied by the end result? This person should have been fired and blacklisted from even working in a managerial position. This person was skating by at home not doing any work, and even though they didn't have solid, clear-cut proof they knew it was going on, why would they demote her to a still managerial position? This person's only shown that they're going to mail it in. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.